How scary is it in this day and age how much we rely on modern technology? It's not till your phone dies or the Wi-Fi or power goes off that you realise you'd be lost without it. Well, recently, my phone decided in its old age to die and stop charging, and on a weekend, no less. So what do you do? Rather than waiting to speak to the network providers or retail outlets, which can be painful within itself, give Brad or Katie a call at Greenies Apple Repairs. That's what I did, and they had my old phone as good as new in hours. Greenies take care of iPhones, iPods, iPads, and pretty much everything else, and they won't cost you an arm and a leg. So next time you're stuck back in the dark ages with no technology, contact Greenies Apple Repairs on 0401 229 220, or you can contact them at www.greeniesrepairs.com.au or find them on Facebook. Now just to get onto this busted screen. G'day people, this week I was lucky enough to sit down with local football superstar and recent Carlton draftee Lockie Cowan. Lockie's home for a few weeks after going to the Carlton Footy Club and I managed to pry him away from his mates and a few beers that no doubt he'd be having over Christmas and New Year's just to have a bit of a chat about his footy journey, which was a real treat. We had a chat about growing up in Devonport and when he got into footy, um, you know, the sacrifices and things that he had to make along the way to, to get to where he wanted to get. We talk about his time in the Devils program over the last couple of years um, and also throwing in a premiership with Devonport during that time. Um, we have a good chat about that day as well. Um, his outstanding year that he had this year, culminating in the Morris Medal, which he'd never heard of. Um, that's a funny story within itself as well. Um, and also balancing uh, school and football and also balancing the fact that his senior coach at Devonport was one of his teachers which is quite interesting as well. We talk about the lead-up to the draft. We talk about AFL clubs showing interest in him, how that uh, all panned out. Yeah, we talk about the NAB draft, the night itself. Um, yeah, nerves going into the night. Bit of disappointment for him to begin with, but then uh, absolute jubilation when he um, when he did get drafted. As anyone that watched the coverage saw, uh, yeah, got swamped by his mates and was lucky not to break a collarbone. So we talk about the, uh, the whirlwind few days after he got drafted, including going over to the footy club, um, meeting a few of his idols because he's a, a mad Carlton man himself. Yeah, and sharing the, uh, the locker room now with uh, with people that he idolised and looked up to as a supporter who he now calls teammates and uh, he calls them by a nickname already which is good he's obviously um, yeah comfortable with them and established a, a good relationship with them straight off the bat we talk about what the steps are moving forward for him yeah, and how he's going to uh, crack into that mighty Carlton side and uh, win a premiership his mates also take this great opportunity to stitch him up with some great stories which I run past him um, yeah make no mistake uh, Lockie comes across as very laid back and uh, and a bit of a character but uh, he speaks really really well and this is a really Really driven individual so really enjoyed the chat um hope anyone that's uh, listening to it and uh, particularly if any young people get to listen to it it uh, gives them a bit of hope and a few steps that you need to uh, to take to achieve your dreams in the afl enjoy g'day everybody welcome back to the talk hard podcast i'm jake i'm briley i'm sonny we hope you enjoy today's episode. I get a phone call basically saying, Dad's not it. This sit-down lawnmower is like about three metres long. By the time I was finished with it, it was about half a metre. A fully grown man sleeping with the light on. Shit scared. He's come out of my car with an angle grinder before. Just, yeah, it's just such an important thing for so many people. And I thought, holy shit, I'm going to get delisted next. Tomorrow, like, <laughs> that's kind of put a line through me. So that's why checking in on your mate or your son or your daughter or your player or your coach or whoever it is, you become the side. I just let them know that, you know, it's tough, but we're tougher. And he just wrapped those big arms he's got around me and just said, mate, like, we'll work through this together. Like, I absolutely love you. The Talk Art Podcast with Brendan Hinksy. 
Lockie Cowan, welcome to the Talk Hard Podcast, mate. Thank you very much, happy to be here. Pleasure to have you, mate. We feel very privileged because I know that you're only back for a short amount of time and obviously everyone would want a bit of a piece of you at the moment, so probably got to pick and choose your, your engagements that you come to. So <laughs> it's probably lucky that we can get you in now because if things go the way that we hope that they go for you, we might have a bit of a bit of difficulty getting you in in the next few years. So. <laughs> nah, I'll always be back here, I'll always be back. <laughs> Devonport boy through and through, mate, aren't you? That's right. Yeah. So it's obviously been a, a whirlwind few weeks. Like anyone that's listening to the pod will, you know, will have probably followed you and have an interest in you. So can you just explain to people how the last few weeks have been for you and what you've been up to? Uh, it's It's been a dream. It still doesn't quite feel real yet. Just like walking around the change rooms with 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 them boys like Paddy Cripps and Charlie Kerno just doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like a job yet. It <laughs> yep. just feels like I'm, I'm there just to, to watch them train and yeah. stuff like that. But nah, it's it's been great. Um, as soon as I walked in, all the boys were like welcoming. They got around me, and then um, I was I got there on a on a Wednesday. Um, watched the boys train, had lunch with them, and then Thursday's a day off, and Friday was into training. Yep, yep. Yeah. So you're straight into it yourself. Yeah. Do you feel like any extra pressure when you're kicking it to those sort of blokes? Like you don't want to skim one off the side of your boot or anything like that? Yes, or? I have skimmed a couple off the side of the boot already, but um, <laughs> get it out of the way early. Yeah, they're they're really good, especially with the first years. Like they just um, helped me through everything, and they haven't been too harsh on me yet but uh, no nah, it's been really really good excellent and so you were saying there before like walking around the the change rooms with those guys and that do you have to sort of keep reminding yourself that you're actually a listed player with them now you're not just a fan sort of wandering around because yeah. because you're a carlton man aren't you? yeah so that probably makes it even harder for you <laughs> it does it's i knew everyone's name before i got to the club so like yep. i still do feel like a bit of a fanboy going in there like just sort of pinching myself when when one of them boys are talking or I'm just having a conversation with them, it's just, yeah, it still feels a bit weird. Yeah. Hopefully I get used to it. Yeah. Well, in the future, mate, people will be talking to you and having those same sort of feelings. As I say, if things all go the right way. So I'll be able to say I spoke to him early on when he was still a modest, humble young man in Devonport. Obviously, we'll um, we'll get through your, your story, mate. Like I said, there'll be a lot of people that have followed your, your story through your, your footy career and obviously, you know, everyone in Tassie stoked for you to, to get drafted. But... A lot might not know, you know, your, where you grew up and, and how you got into footy and all that sort of stuff. So you are a Devonport boy. You were born in Devonport, were you? Yeah, I was, you? yes. Yep. I started playing Auskick um, at, at the Saints down at Bayard Park. Yep. Um, I played with the, like a couple of my best mates now, the Kelly brothers and, oh, the Kelly twins and Lockie Kelly. Yep. Also, um, their dad was a coach, so we went right through up until... Under 12s is when we went into the Devonport um, system, and then I was second year under 12, so I was just playing with Lockie Kelly that time, and um, well, pretty much all my friends now are from Devonport Football Club, so just playing yep. with them boys under 12s through all the age groups up until seniors. Yep, and it, I think it sort of helps for you guys too. When and, and we'll talk about your your premiership that you played in with Devonport. It was so nice to see. Um, you know, you was all mates. You all sort of came through together, didn't you? Was that really important for you guys to all play in a premiership together? Yeah, it was really good. Um, unlucky that Fletch couldn't be there with his with his gut, which sucked. But um, having Ollie there and also Bainan, um, it was really good that I've grown up with them boys and then also the senior boys so 
got around me that year and, and got to know all them. Yeah, and they, they'll feature pretty prominently in this chat, mate, because as I say to people, sometimes I try to keep things under wrap who I've got coming on here, but it seemed to leak out to those boys somehow that you were coming on, and I've got a few little messages and little stories and things that I've got to bring up with you later on, so <laughs> hopefully they'll all be um, fit for media, but... Um, you so you, you guys all grew up sort of around the same area, didn't you? You were, as kids, you were always kicking <coughs> footies around. The Don Oval, is that right? That sort of pops up pretty regularly. Yeah, so I moved into the Don area um, next to Fletch and Ollie's house, and also Josh Soul, who's plays for Devonport as well. Yep. Um, and yeah, and then Bainan and Keegs lived up the road with Will Atkins and his brother, so we um, it was a regular occurrence. We'd go down and play. Um, a bit of footy at the the rugby oval down at Don. Yep, yep. And apparently those blokes take a bit of credit for you getting drafted because apparently they used to bash the shit out of you when they were little, they said, and harden, <laughs> and harden you up. And, yeah, they reckon they're going to take some royalties from this AFL career that you're going to eke out, mate. Yep, they, they got it on me then, but I don't reckon they'd have it now. <laughs> so what else did you get up to in your childhood? Was it always AFL? Was it always footy that you're interested in? Or? Yeah, it was a lot of sport, like cricket, footy, um, I went through a stage where I played a bit of touch footy with the school, um, basketball. I had to choose um, sort of sport, a different sport early on. I had to choose either basketball or footy pretty early yep. on. But, so you're a um, pretty handy basketballer as well, were you? Yeah, I was in like a couple of the like, sort of state programs, state trainings, and then just went with footy sort of every year and then just made a decision to cut basketball yep. out completely. But um, yeah, it was it was more sport things are... Uh, no good at it, but enjoy going up to the lake. The Kells have got a boat, so we go up there um, heaps. And we used to a lot. I was no good, but enjoyed it up there. And um, I was going to ask you, were your parents sports people? I don't, I don't sort of know a lot about them. Were they sort of... Was your dad a footballer? <coughs> or was your mum a sports person? Or? Yeah, dad was a footballer. Yep. He played uh, down Rosebury. Yep. And then he played for the Bernie Hawks, they were at the time, in the TSL. Yep. And then went back down to... Rosemary and played. Yep. How did he go? Does he pump his tyres up to you? Was he a handy player? Or? Um, yeah, he's, he reckons he was. He reckons he was a bit of a, a tough nut. Yep. So, um, couldn't kick couldn't kick over 15 metres, but <laughs> he used to win it and, and be able to handball it. He'd go in and get it. Yeah. Most of those blokes that played in the West Coast are like that. Did he play on the gravel down there? Is he um, ever yeah, about that? yeah, he has played on the gravel a couple of times. It's yeah. usually a badge of honour for people that yeah. played down the West Coast. <laughs> they always talk about it. Um, so, with your... Um, with your footy, obviously coming through the, the junior ranks and stuff, was it always something that, um, and I know it's hard for people to sort of talk about themselves as their ability, but was, was it always something that you found came quite easy to you when you noticed that you were pretty good at football or was there a certain age where you found that you sort of blossomed a little bit? Um, I was always better at sport than I was at school. Like I've never been book smart at all, yep. um, but just been um, like athletic, so I've I've been able to play a couple of sports, but there wasn't like a real moment where I thought like I could be an AFL player. I suppose I got a bit of belief when I made got the call for the academy um, at the end of last year. But other than that, there was no like particular moment that I thought oh I could do something football here. Or I was just I pretty much was just playing with my mates until it started getting competitive and started making a couple of Tassie teams, and then. Yeah. Yeah. So, what Tassie teams did you make coming through? So I made the under twelves, fifteens, seventeens, and then the eighteens and nineteens. And were you were you always a midfielder to start off with? Were you, or were you more of a defender back then still? Or no, I've, I was a midfield forward pretty much my whole 
during your career up until um, my first year at Devils, which was last year, so not this past season, the season before that. Yep. Um, Joycey, it was his last last coaching game. So I trained a bit there in the pre-season. Um, Justin Rodman and Jamie Haywood liked me sort of on the halfback flank, so I trained there a little bit. Yep. And then, um, but I just played midfield forward and nothing really clicked then. Um, like playing in a Tassie uh, mid or forward line and then um, Sam Banks went down and broke his wrist the game before and I, I went in in Joyce's last game and played across the half-back line and I felt like I played pretty well and and um, fit in there and I haven't really looked back since then. Yep, so they sort of earmarked you for that position for your second year of Devils, did they? They said they were going to persist with that? or Oh, they yeah, after my first game they said that's that's where they like me playing and yep. that's just where I stayed. Yep, excellent. Yeah, because I was going to ask you about that because I think um, I'd... Um, it had a little bit to do with the Devonport Footy Club, and I'd sort of watched you come up through under fourteens and under sixteens and that sort of thing, and I'd seen you sort of playing around the midfield. I was going to ask you whether or not it was somebody that suggested that you know in order to to get drafted, or whether there was a strategic reason to to make you into a defender. But they just thought that you actually just played better in that position, did they? Yeah, they just thought like um, I read the ball pretty well, so they just thought they'd put me back there and see what happens. Yeah. And- work yep and it's funny though how the games change like i know now because from the back line i know how you play you take the game on defenders now can play with a bit of flair and run up the ground and kick a few goals and stuff whereas you know back when i was your age sort of coming through nobody wanted to play in the back line because yeah. it was just ugly dour you know yeah. you were just punched from behind be disciplined and that sort of thing whereas now you know even from you know fullback players can take the game on and actually yeah. start to shine can't they yeah it is even from when I was in juniors, like, I know I never wanted to play back. Like, it was just not the position that you wanted to be in. Yeah. But then, um, now slowly moving up. Um, and then also players on the big stage that are doing it. People like Adam Sard are just creating that drive and run and, and getting on the scoreboard pretty often. Yep. So. Yep. And he'll be somebody that you'll be able to watch pretty closely over the next few years. Yes, I've, um, <laughs> yeah, I've been watching in the past couple of, the past couple of weeks and he's been really good yep yep do you sort of get around those guys and have you sort of picked their brain yet or will you sort of leave it till next year to do that or? yeah I, i've started picking a couple of their brains um i like talking to sam docky yep. um yeah, sardi jacob weedering as well he's big boy yep um massive thighs on him oh he's huge <laughs> you can't really move him you don't <laughs> Um, I try and steer clear of him at training, but yep. nah, he's he's really good. Yeah. So what's um what's the plan for you? Like obviously you you're pretty light framed. I know you've probably been doing a few weights and that sort of stuff, but they'd be wanting to put a bit of weight on you pretty pretty quickly, wouldn't they? They'd have a bit of a program for you set out, have they? Yeah, I've got a bit of a program. It's um they sort of find out where you what weight you play your best footy at. Yep. Um, but yeah, it should be around probably put on a couple of kilos and, and stay around there yep yep so just again going back to your to your devil's year through this year as well like at, at what point did i don't know whether someone would have said it to you or whether you realized yourself that you might have been a chance of getting drafted or that people were, were interested <coughs> in you can you remember sort of what at what point that sort of started to come into your thinking um well i just remember the the previous year i got a call and and made the academy team yep. which is like an australian team so like that's when I started thinking, oh, like I, I could do it. Um, like seeing who's, um, been drafted out of the Australian teams before, and it's there's around nearly like nineteen out of the twenty four players. So, yep. um, 
I was that sort of got me thinking. I thought if I can have a consistent enough year and, and play at a high level, anything's really possible. Um, and then towards the end of the year, um, Tassie were playing good footy. We were winning games. Um, started getting a bit of belief, talking to clubs, uh, talking to my manager. Um, it started like I started to get nervous, yep. like thinking that um I could I could get drafted. Like I wasn't ever certain. Not even until. Not even on the first or second night, I was never certain. Yeah, I'm going to talk to you about that. But um, no, I was never, never really, really certain on the fact that I'd get picked up. This episode of The Pod's proudly brought to you by J Beck Mechanical Repairs. With the ever-rising cost of living, we're all looking for ways to save a few bucks so you can spend it in the areas that you love. One area J Beck can help you is with the rising cost of fuel prices, why not remap your vehicle to gain more power and better fuel economy through their chip tuning service? Chip tuning can be done on many vehicles, including various trucks and tractors, and conditions apply. With over 30 years combined experience in small engine cars and diesel engines, Jade and his team are qualified in both diesel and petrol vehicles. They offer a mobile field service unit, including breakdown services, all mechanical repairs, engine rebuilds, as well as aircon and auto electrical services. To find out more, just find Jaybeck Mechanical Repairs on Facebook, email jbeckinvestments at gmail.com, or call or text 0492-594-058. Tell them Brendan sent you for a free cuddle, and trust me, that's better than a handshake, because Jade's fingers will crush you. J Beck Mechanical Repairs, offering chip tuning. Unleash the power within. So, you talk about your, your manager. Like, at what point did someone suggest that you probably need a manager, or do managers contact you, do they? Or how, um, how does that work? Yeah, they sort of contact you... Um, and you you can't sign with them until you draft you. Ah, yeah. But you yep. can commit to them. Um, and I had a couple of people contact me after uh, the game in Queensland, in the under seventeens game in Queensland. Um, and I'm with Connor Sports now. Um, Nick Gation and yeah, they he stood out straight away as soon as I talked to him. And yeah, he's been unreal and and couldn't complain at yep. all. So, so there were a number of different ones that sort of approached you, were there? Yeah, I had a, I had a fair few. Yep. So, what was it about Nick that you decided on on going with him? I was just talking to him. Um, I just felt comfortable and like I could just talk to him not only about footy but about anything. So yep. it was more, I'm comfortable with him and he's really good at his job. Yep. Because um, I know um, even just watching that that series on Stan that was called Show Me the Money sort of gave you a bit of an idea. I don't know whether you saw it, but it gave you a bit of an idea of what the managers have to do behind the scenes. Like they really have to become like another sort of parent guardian yeah. for you, really, don't they? Yeah. Which I think you know, obviously, you know, you being a young fella moving into state and stuff, like for your parents as well, that would probably be a pretty a bit of a um, a comforting feeling for them knowing that somebody sort of got you your best interests at heart as well because, you know, your life's going to change quite a fair bit over the next 12 months, I'd imagine, and if you're sort of left to your own devices, it might be a little bit difficult for you, mightn't it? Yeah, mum and dad love Nick too. Like, um, he's been doing an awesome job and he talks to me regularly. Like, I'll go back to Melbourne and catch up with him for lunch or, or breakfast or something, but, yeah, yep. he's perfect. Yeah, and so how often was he in touch with you through through this year, sort of keeping you posted? Does he sort of talk to clubs on your behalf or um yeah he he like can tee up sort of he talks to their recruiters um whether he tees up a couple of um meetings or or something but he'd get feedback from recruiters and give it back to me yeah which was massive and he done that a fair bit um 
and yeah, he'd keep in touch with me pretty regularly. Yep. So you say feedback from recruiters, was it sort of things that they were looking for or that they'd been watching you, but they wanted you to improve in this area or something like that? Was Yeah, that, sort of like yep. that, yeah. Like, so nuts and bolts type yeah, stuff. Yeah, nuts and bolts, yeah. Yeah, cool. So was there anything um, in particular this year that, that you did have to really work on in order to, to make yourself stand out a little bit more? It's sort of halfway through the year, I was it was probably just driving like driving my legs out of the contest. Whether it, instead of just sort of hacking it on the boot, um, sort of just trying to uh, break tackles and drive through the contest, which I started doing towards the end of the year. Yep. And did sort of more confidence come with that once you feel yeah. like you can break a few tackles and push away? Yeah, it did. Um, that's how I feel like I play my best footy too. Yeah. Up in confidence and also breaking the lines with my legs. So. Yep. So your first year with the Devils in was 2021, is that right? In Devils, yes. Yep, yep. yep. So yep. how many games did you end up playing that year? I think we only played... Because it was a COVID-affected year yeah, as well, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I played every game but one. I had a little back injury that I didn't play. Yep. I think it was seven. I've got a feeling it was seven yep. games. Yep. Um, I think it was seven anyway, but yeah, I played played most of them with them and played with people like Bainan and yep. Johnny McIver, Reef Bourne. Yep. And how important was that to be able to play with Bainan in the Tassie side as well, being such good mates? Yeah, it's been massive. He's been one, I'd never admitted to him, but he's been one person that I looked up to sort yep. of my whole... He won't listen to career. this, mate, so yeah. that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've really looked up to him. He showed me good habits and he used to take me to training, um, most training runs, so like, just being able to train with him, he's such a hard worker. Yep. And picking stuff off off him is great. Yeah, it, it's funny though. Like that, there's an old saying that you know you become the sum of the people that you surround yourself with, and obviously you'd surrounded yourself firstly with some pretty some pretty loose units, but some pretty handy footballers. Yeah. Um, but you know, people like like Bain and you know, and, and the Kelly boys and Keegan and those sort of guys, like they've all you know turned into very very good footballers, and it's not by accident, is it? Like they're you know, obviously there's a bit of talent there, but. Um, you know, you guys, um, I'd imagine, would also do extras and that sort of thing, probably you more so when you were getting on the AFL radar. Were you doing, like, extra running or weight sessions or anything? Was there anything in particular that you found that you had to sacrifice as opposed to a lot of your mates? Um, oh, yeah, there's... Obviously, I wouldn't be going out every weekend. Like, I barely went out a weekend last year at all. Yeah. Um, didn't really drink, but, like, you sort of reward yourself with some good times when you when you do the hard work um when you put it in you can get rewarded for it yeah um as long as you actually do the hard work and and don't skip but um even off in the off season i got a little program um from sam lonigan who's a part of richmond um so i got a program from him and the kells um my brother also connor he was down there every session doing it with me yeah um jack forster bo bramich john t Clark, um, we all sort of got in and, yep. and and done that together, which was good to to do that down there with them. Um, so again, just going back to to two thousand and twenty one. So how many games did you play for Devonport that year? Sort of in between, like roughly in between your your Devils games. You obviously enough to qualify for finals, but yeah, I think that was around eight yep. two. So um, through buys, we were we were able to go back and play with our local clubs. Yeah. Um. But then COVID sort of ended the last couple of Devils games where we slotted back in perfectly with the Devonport senior side. Yep. And so what were your memories of that, that final series? And obviously, you know, breaking the, the drought, Devonport had, you know, been starved of success for so long. Did did you guys feel that as young young guys, like the pressure that was 
on the club sort of going into that game? I guess me not really knowing like what happened other than the past couple of years watching the boys lose a couple of grand finals. Um, I felt the pressure, but just more because I was nervous, not because I didn't play in one with the seniors yet, so I didn't really know what how they were feeling. Yeah. But um, I just remember the first final in Penguin. Uh, I got on for my first three minutes. I started on the bench, came through and run through the square and gave away a free kick to start it. So I <laughs> Head full horror, of steam. <laughs> had a horror to start, but um, ended up working into the game and we won and went straight through the grand final. Yeah, excellent. And what were your memories of the grand final, mate? Because it was a pretty... um pretty hairy sort of finish for you like they were oh. coming home with a wet sail <laughs> yeah who knows what would happen if they had another minute or two but yep. um i'm just so happy that we won and um to see the people around the club that night was unreal it was packed and see how much it meant to the supporters and also kb and and tuggy and and the rest of the boys mm. yeah well like you say like again they, those guys had sort of been right to the brink and not actually been able to, to get over that hump and now obviously to have won two in a row is fantastic as well yeah. like it was it was a really big deal for the club wasn't yeah, it yeah it was massive yeah. yeah and you were playing in the back line that game weren't you, you yeah. Yep, yep. yeah so you were pretty well under the pump in that last 10 minutes or so because the ball just kept getting fired in yeah it was <laughs> it was a bit under the pump yeah I, I was I still don't really remember much. Like I don't remember being out there. I just, like you know, I couldn't take my mouth guard out. My mouth was that dry. Like I just yep. yeah, nervous. Just on autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. I laid a tackle towards around the when the siren went. That's all I remember. And, yep. And then siren went and gave Jacob Marshall a big hug. <laughs> <laughs> and and you actually got um you got injured in that last quarter or something. I think Tuggy was telling me you had to come off there at one stage and you didn't know whether or not you were going to come back on and you went back on. You copped a hit in the ribs or something? Oh, like that, that was that was in the first quarter. Oh, was yeah. it? Sorry, I yeah, thought it was the last quarter. I copped a, copped a hit in the ribs and yeah, I was I was down for the count for a little bit. Yeah, just took the wind out of you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, to your credit, mate, you went back on. Like he said that he was worried, you know, obviously being a young fella, that he didn't know whether or not you'd go back on or not. It might have been the end of your day. They might have been playing one down. But he said, you know, he was very impressed by the fact that you you went back on. Obviously, you just took a few deep breaths, did you? Yeah, well, I reckon Dad would have flicked me in the ear if I didn't get back up and go on, so... <laughs> So again, on onto this year, mate. Like we were just talking uh, there before off air. So you had to register with North Lonnie as well this year. Can you sort of tell people why why that was? Because you sort of wanted to stay with Devonport if you could, didn't you? Yeah, I was doing everything that I could be a part of Devonport. Everything I could to be a part of Devonport. So like, yep. I just um, I, I would never leave that club unless I absolutely had to, which I had to. Um, at the start of the year, I was had a couple of meetings with Jamie and. Um, Jeremy Webberley and they sort of said if COVID was to interrupt this year, clubs wouldn't look at you if you was playing a NWFL. So yep. I'd have to register with a um, TSL team. So I said, yep, I'll get a dual contract. So if I can play Devils, um, if Devils is full steam ahead, I can just play with Devonport. Yep. But um, it's a bit of paperwork. So I just end up going to North Lonnie and there's some really good people at North Lonnie. Yep. Um, Brad Cox, good year. Um, he was massive. Like he's really nice, and that 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 is a great club 
down there, but um, Devonport will always be my home. So yeah, yeah, because there's a bit of a connection, bit of a coastal connection up there. Because I know Bo Sharman played there, and I know Josh Holland from down here played there as well, and Zane Littlejohn who coached there as well has just yeah. been appointed coach of, of Box Hill. So yeah, there's a bit of a northwest sort of flavour there from time to time, isn't there? Yeah, so Bainan went down there. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, that's sort of where I got the idea from, and a couple of my Devil mates also play for North Launceston. Makes it a bit easier, doesn't yeah, it? If you've got a few mates around you and stuff. Yeah. So you you did end up playing a few games for North Lonnie? Yeah, I think I played four, four or five. Um, we just missed out on finals. I, I didn't get to play Lonnie, which was a bit unlucky. I would have liked to play that team, but um, I played Glenorchy a couple of times and um, North Hobart and also Kingborough. Kingborough were pretty good, but we yep. ended up getting over the line there. Yeah, and for the coaching staff of, of those teams, like you being a, a Tassie Devils listed player, do they have um, like instructions from the coaches like where they've got to play you and how much they can play you and that sort of stuff, or is it basically just left to their own devices? They can do whatever oh. they want with you. The Devils staff don't like us playing every game the yep. weekend. They want to have it like a, a couple of weeks break or a week break. Yep. Um, so they do that, but... It's more, um, like, as in position-wise, it's preference of the coaching staff, I guess. Like, I played a bit of midfield for North Launceston, which was really good. Yep. And it would have been a bit of a balancing act for you this year, I'd imagine, because I know that you still... Did you still train with Devonport pretty much every week as well, or as often as you could? Yeah, so I pretty much train with them every Tuesday, Thursday night and go down the club for tea, and then I'd have Devils Monday, uh, Wednesday, and do my own thing Friday. Bloody earth, you'd have to be fit, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, <laughs> sometimes it probably wasn't the best idea, but um, I just wanted to get the most out of it. Yeah. So did you have to train with North Lonnie as well, thrown into that? or? Um, yes, yeah, sometimes when I was playing for North Lonnie, they'd make me come up on a Tuesday and do a session, but then on the Thursday, I'd just come back and train with Devonport. Yeah, cool. And and as you say, like obviously school wasn't a wasn't a high priority, but you would have still had to pass and you know have exams and that sort of stuff as well. How did you go about balancing school with football? Because I'd imagine that school probably took a bit of a backseat to to footy this year. It did. School's always sort of taking a backseat. Oh, that's probably not the best <laughs> thing to say, but I've never been uh, really smart at all. So um, I've never sort of um, stressed about school. I've just sort of made sure that I've got enough things handed in on time to get me past every year yep. but um i didn't actually have to do exams so i just done a, a vet course um a construction course which was which was all right i passed college so that's all i wanted to do only yep. just so it's <laughs> all you I need mate scrape past, yeah. got, got the certificate yeah that's right. um i was going to ask you that like obviously with footy obviously has panned out really well for you but have you got any other ambitions job-wise what you want to do or, or anything that you're going to study for after your career's finished or i wouldn't mind doing something like uh kb's doing maybe like a teacher or a personal trainer or something like yep. that yeah i was going to ask you about that like he'll probably laugh when he listens to this about you saying about how school wasn't like a high priority and stuff because obviously he might have had to whip you into line at school a little bit yeah was that a little bit difficult having your senior coach as your teacher as well um yeah there was um so before like he was my senior coach like obviously i'd be around at the club and see him a bit and you'd sort of bring things up with him at school and you'd get the look like don't bring that up here so he's you could pretty... unleash a few stories on him in front of the, the students yeah well, i learned pretty quickly um what he's like and then um like once i was playing seniors and and knew him really well it was it was fine like i'd just go up to his office and talk footy with him. Yep. Yeah. You didn't feel any pressure to behave yourself at school because you might have got cut from the senior side or anything like that? Nah, not at all. Not at all. <laughs>
In the world today, mental health is an issue which thankfully more and more people are becoming aware of and comfortable speaking about. When choosing a professional to help you, what kind of service would you be looking for? At Lonvara, when asked to describe Mel Purcell's service, clients described it as real, compassionate, empowering, friendly, welcoming, inner strength building, a positive, safe, supportive environment, and she was described by one source as an absolute legend who enables change with love. Mel offers clinical counselling, hypnotherapy and a professional service which is tailored to the individual. She has a personal approach and makes sure each client's experience is authentic to their needs while also ensuring full confidentiality. Winner of the 2022 Australian Allied Health Awards for Rural and Remote Excellence, you can self-refer or through your GP mental health care plan. Lonvara, believing in you. Um, now, I was going to ask you, so you were the, one of the co-captains of the Devils this year. Um, is that something that you'd ever um, aspired to do, or was it, is it something that you enjoy leadership, or did it, they just sort of ask you to do it? How, what, what are your thoughts on leadership? Um, like I've always um, wanted to be a leader. Yep. Um, I'm a pretty softly spoken person. Uh, I'm pretty shy um, until I get comfy, so I was, I'm very quiet. Um, even around like the senior group towards the start I was very quiet a lot different now but I'm a very quiet um, sort of person I just go go about my work but then um, talking to Jez and Jamie they just said it'd, it'd be a good role and um, sort of embraced it and I'm getting better at speaking so it kind of went hand in hand and it's something that I wanted to work on anyway so yep. it was fit perfectly yeah so what did they have they spoken about what they saw in you to suggest that to you because i know leadership's not for everyone some blokes you're better off just to let them go out and and play but obviously they thought that one that you could do the role or two that it'd be good for you did they identify something in you or they just thought that you'd make a good leader yeah they i think they just thought i'd make a good leader by a lot more by action yep um and how i led from the group sort of from the front yep and yeah that's that's how i feel like i lead best yep and how did you find the the co-captaincy model as well? Because it was was it Sam Banks or was the other captain? Sam Banks Smith. Sam yeah. Banks Smith. Sorry, yeah. So he, how did you find that balancing it with someone else went for you? Perfect, because he he's a good public speaker, so yep. he done all the talking. <laughs> so yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. So you just you just let your your actions do the speaking on yeah. the field. That's, yeah, that's that awesome. Perfect. <laughs> Um, and how did you? So you made the um, the allies side as well um, this year. So how did you find that process and, and playing with some of the you know the best players in the country? Yeah, it was good. Um, and then also a couple of other Tassie boys made as well. Seth Campbell and, and yep. Cammy Owen and Tom Tom McCullen. Uh, yep. Brandon also made it. So um, it was good being able to play with them boys and then also meeting a couple of new boys that are now obviously being picked up was great. Um, I've made a lot of good good friends over there, and they're a good bunch of boys. Yep. Was there any any of the ones that have been recruited to Carlton this year that you played with, or that you've had a relationship with through the journey? Um, nah. There's Ollie Hollands and um Harry Lemmy that were in the academy with me. Yep. So I played with them in the academy, and then um also Jackson Bins, the other draftee. Yep. I'm moving in with a in a house with him when I get back, but um. I met him at the Combine and, and spoke to him after the games, and he seems like a really good fella. Yeah, well, I think it's such an important thing to have you guys in these programs and these training squads and that sort of thing because you just never know. Like, you you 
you could be teammates down the track and obviously with with ollie that's worked out for you so to have that relationship with someone that's you know when you're first going in obviously you're both pretty nervous and you're both finding your feet to have someone else that you've got a bit of a relationship with you're not just a you know a little fish in a big pond are you yeah it's it's pretty lucky um but also like shows that you sort of got to get yourself out there when you go to things like that and Mm. you never know what can happen down the track absolutely yeah and this season, so you were um, lucky enough to win the Moorish Medal, which is the the best and fairest for the for the competition. And I think I read somewhere that you hadn't heard of the Moorish Medal before. Is that right? Or I had no idea what it was. And um, <laughs> Jamie used to take the piss a lot, and he'd either stitch me up. So I thought he was stitching me up when he sent me a video. Uh, when he was videoing me and said, "Oh, you won the Moorish Medal," and I just stood there and looked blank at him. Like, I know you're taking taking the piss out of me. <laughs> And then he stopped videoing and he told me what it was and yeah, I was shocked and it was yeah, it was an honour. Yeah. And so how how did that come about? So there's no like um it's not like the Brownlow medal, there's no count or the you know, they they just vote on it like media people or something, do they? Or does it go on stats or Um, it was it used to be a count. Yeah. Um, I think it was the first year that it's been different. Um, yeah, they used to have a count and bring like three or four from every club to a a, a dinner place and Used to be a count, but now they changed it this year. Um, and I just went over a week before everyone else found out and done a bit of an interview with Shifter and, and stuff like that. But that uh, yep. was good. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, so it was real. He wasn't taking the piss. Yeah, no, it was real. <laughs> yes. That's the thing, though, when you get people that do take the piss out of you a bit, when they come to you with something serious like that, it's like... Yeah, I, I don't know if I could ever take him serious. But... <laughs> he obviously would have been pretty proud of you, though, for yeah, a minute. Yeah, yeah, he was super happy for me awesome and i was going to ask you that like with with your coaches and, and obviously you know jeremy and kurt byard and things like that like what sort of impact have they had on you over the journey and is there any spe- specific things that you've learned from from a certain person that's had a really good effect on you um i sort of guess they've all had an effect on me um i've i've been a lot closer with kb obviously he's been at my school so yep. he had a, an impact on me as a person and also as a footy player and then um, Jamie, I've been pretty close with Jamie over the past couple of years as well, and he's had a, a big impact on me. Just um, sort of, they've all got me to in, enjoy my footy a bit more and be able to have fun with it. And yep. it's um, not not a chore at all to go to train. And when I've got people like that around, yeah. Has footy ever been a chore to you, or have you always really enjoyed it? Nah, some pre-season sessions, a bit of a chore. <laughs> um, nah, over the past couple of years, it's been really good, just because. The people that you have friendships with make it so much better, as in KB or, or Jamie or just just your mates around there. Yep, yep. So they're not just coaches, you know. You become yeah, friends, friends with friends, them and yeah. develop a relationship. Like I say, with KB, like the fact that you actually play with him, he's not just a coach, he's actually out there with you as well, would be pretty important, I'd imagine. Yeah, it is. It's, it's really good being out there with him as yeah. well. Does he give you much guidance on the field, sort of point you in different directions? Or Yeah, he does when I play, whether he's yelling at me because I'm doing something wrong or, <laughs> or just giving me a bit of guidance. But no, He'd be used good. to that from the classroom, probably. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> so tell us about the, the draft combine, mate. So Obviously, you have to get a um, an invitation to that, and you you go over to Melbourne to that. Yeah, so uh, we go over to Melbourne, um, and and day one was just packed with interviews. Yeah. Day one was interviews, and day two was also packed with interviews. So. Yeah. So there's no physical stuff the first couple of days. It's no. more meeting with clubs, is it? Yeah. yeah. It's meeting with clubs and media things. Yeah. Um, so you just get a schedule, and you can stay there or go to your hotel. They're pretty lenient. Just 
either bounce between one of the Marvel Stadium or the hotel. Yep. Um, I ended up having all 18 clubs. I think I had 15 and then a couple of clubs messaged me during the day to come in with them. Yep. Um, so, so you hadn't scheduled to meet with them. They just said, oh, while you're here, can you call in and yeah. have a chat? Yeah. So I ended up having a meeting with all 18 clubs and I was pretty tired by the end of it. I reckon. And then on the second day, we went and had a kick on Marvel that night. Um, ready for the third day where we went into uh, a 2K vertical jumps, running jumps, 20 meter sprint and agility. Yeah. So there was no um, uh, yo-yo test or beep test this year. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, just going back to your meetings with the clubs and stuff, did you have any, um, I would imagine your manager probably gave you a little bit of guidance, but did you have any sort of strategy on how you were going to answer questions or anything like that? Or did you just intend to just go in and be yourself? Is, is there any? Yeah, I think that's the most important thing is don't go in there thinking too much. Yep. It's more just be yourself. If you, if you sort of pretend to be someone you're not, you're going to get found out pretty quickly. Yep, yep. And it'll obviously look pretty bad for you. Yeah, I'd imagine it'd be pretty easy for you to be yourself. You're pretty cruisy, aren't yeah, you? Just, yeah, just go in and, and be yourself and answer the questions yep. as they come. Did they ask you any random questions or anything that sort of threw you at all? Or? Um, I wasn't too bad. I don't think there was too many um, random questions. Because um, I've heard that occasionally they will get some recruiter or someone will ask them a, a really random question just to see what makes them tick or see how they answer this. Yeah, well, um, some of the boys got um, how to spell Fujitsu backwards in, right. in the Essendon, because that's Essendon's sponsor. Yep. So I've, I would have I would have been, I can't even spell it forward, so I would have been <laughs> no good if Essendon asked me that question. So there's nothing else that they threw at you, no other curly ones or anything like that? No, nah, not really. There yep. was like obviously the hard ones as in like, what player will you be taking out of my team if you come into it? And having some of the coaches there was was a bit tough to answer, yeah. but get through it. Yeah. yeah. So what sort of coaches? Who did you meet with? Like who were some of the bigger names that you spoke to? Um, Sam Mitchell was in there. Yep. Um, Brett Ratton, which was a, a weird one. Like obviously nothing seemed a problem there. And then a couple of weeks later, he got he got the sack. Yeah. So um, Vossi was in there as well, who's now my coach. Yep. Um, I think that was. Oh, Adam Kingsley was also in there from GWS. I yep. think that was mainly all the coaches. And then Port Adelaide, Robbie Gray was in there. Yep. Did you find that they were pretty sort of warm and welcoming or they sort of try to be sort of steely with you just to sort of see how you react? Or? Um, oh, it depends sort of what club um, you went into. Some of them were pretty laid back and just, and then others were sort of no emotion just answer this answer that yeah do they give you any indication that they're interested in you or do you get sort of a feeling from some that might be more interested than others did you go away thinking i think i might be a chance here or? yeah you get your feelings from from some clubs but then like i thought i thought gold coast would probably be the club and then they traded their picks away so i thought no well, like i'm no obviously i was no chance there and um yep yeah it's sort of a guessing game but you can never really know yeah and were you happy to go anywhere or was your preference obviously you'd be stoked that you went to carlton were you sort of hoping to get to a melbourne club or was it Nah, i was i was gonna move regardless so honestly the first place i moved i was gonna call home for as long as i could so yeah but carlton would was the dream and it, and it happened excellent and so how did your meeting with them go did was that one that you got a feeling that you might have been on the radar or <laughs> not really just because they they've already got a few good half-backers and a couple of half good half-backers coming through. Yep. So, oh, they've got elite half-backers, so like Saad, Doherty, um, and then there's a couple of the younger boys that are coming through well that are really good. Um, 
So yeah, that was a, Carlton was honestly probably the biggest shock to me. Yeah, right. I never I met with them about three times throughout the year and um, never spoke to them after the combine. So I had no idea. Yeah. So you say that you met with them through the year. So do clubs sort of contact you through the year to have a chat as well? Do they outside of the combine? Yeah. Yep. Some clubs do. So I met with Carlton at a, a hotel before a game. Yep. Um, and then. You have a lot of Zoom meetings throughout the year with them as well, and then after the combine, they they come down to your house for a look and meet your family. Yeah, right. So, how many clubs came down to your house for a chat? Um, probably five or six. Yep. And then I had a couple more Zoom meetings. Yep. Did the the, the big names come down, or are they more recruiters that just come down? Um, yeah, it's it's more recruiters that just come down. Yep. That'd still be a bit of a buzz for your family, though, wouldn't it? Having yeah. these AFL clubs come knock on the door. Yeah, it is. Um, a couple of the Zoom meetings, Dad was on. They they asked him a couple of quick fire questions, and he was rattled. Yeah. <laughs> Put yeah. the pressure on him. He was. You could see him sweat dripping. He yeah, he was really rattled. <laughs> he was thinking, God, it's me boy's dream here. I could bring an unstuck here with a stupid answer. Yeah, that's right. You've done all the hard work, and he mucks it up by mumbling through a question or something. He must have done something right though mate because yeah. it, it worked out um so just on to the the draft actually itself so i know that um they invite you know the the top 10 from they have them um come to the the venue themselves because they're going to get them up on stage and stuff so was that something that you got the opportunity to go to or was it always that you know you were going to watch it from home or um i didn't end up getting an invite at all like i didn't think i would but um I was, regardless if I was to get an invite, I'd, I'd like to have stayed home and been with family and friends for both yep. them nights. If, yep. it, if it wasn't going to happen, I'd be surrounded by good people that I've grown up with. So I think it makes for better vision anyway when they yeah. all give you the big stacks on on the and couch. And if, <laughs> if it was to happen, they can do that, which yeah. is good. Yep. So obviously that there was like a live stream into your house and stuff. So how does that work? Did Does Fox Footy contact you leading up to the game and say, we're going to have like a camera on you through the... Um, through the draft or how does that work yeah Kevin Sheen uh, called me and just said um, like you're it's a weird one with you because you could go as high as 15 or as low as 25 yep um, so like we're gonna um, send you like a link and you if you can just join on computer and, and hook it up to your TV um, to a Fox footing thing yeah they talk they talk you through how to set it up and then it just goes from there. Yep, yep. So that was sort of set up. Um, so they obviously didn't know when you were going to get drafted. So that was set up like regardless of whether you went number one or number 50, they were going to have a chat to you, were they? Did they prep um, you for that? Oh, it was more if I was went at 35, like they probably wouldn't because it's ticking through them. But because yep. I went in the second round, they they were gonna have they said first or second round they will have a chat to me right okay. what was your feeling sort of going into the draft then were you nervous or were you um well not one like I wasn't I wasn't really nervous at all like knowing that it's probably not going to happen on the first night so I wasn't I wasn't too bad and then um so like, from about pick fifteen onwards you sort of started to pay a bit more attention did you I did yeah um. I've sort of been linked to a couple of the Sydney clubs. Yeah. So I thought, like, I could be a chance there or GWS. So I was getting a bit nervous there. and like, But I wasn't too bad knowing that it probably wasn't going to happen the first night. Then the first, the last pick got read out and I was um, I was obviously, obviously a bit flat on the first night. Like, not thinking that I'd go, but more just like I, I could have went. Um, and sort of thinking, was, was there anything else I could have done throughout the year to make me go on that first night? But yep. I was really um, happy with how my year went and I didn't think that I could do anything else. Like, I had the best year that I could. Yep. And yeah, I was, was lucky enough to get picked up on the 
second night. This episode of the pod would not be possible without the support of Sam and the team at Infinite Joinery and Design. If you're like me and normally need to get these guys to come in after you stuff up your latest home renovation, here's an idea. Get them in first and save the hassle. Specialising in new home joinery fit-outs, renovations, kitchens, laundries, wardrobes, vanities and solid timber work and project management, Infinite have 3D design software and Sam Malone has over 20 years experience in joinery and project management. Located at 6 Bay Drive, Koiba, come in and have a browse of their colour selection studio or you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can contact Sam on 0429 291 008 or email sam at infinitejoineryanddesign.com. So don't be like me, get the experts in first and save yourself some money and a fierce dressing down from the better half. So you're pretty confident you would get picked up on the second night then? I wouldn't say confident. Um, I struggled to sleep that night. I was, yeah, I was. I was going to ask you about that. Whether you were, yeah, whether you were sort of anxious or what the first night's effects on you were. Yeah, I was. A, I was a bit of a mess the second night, just stressing. Um, so yeah, so I wasn't confident at all, but um, I knew that I was a chance. Yeah, yeah, and and so you say, um, you you knew that you were a chance, and obviously with Fox Footy sort of being in the in their live stream and that sort of thing did you know before the pick was read out that they were going to take you or was it as big a shock to you as it was to everyone watching on on telly yes so around pick 28 so Carlton had pick 32 to start with yeah they traded up didn't they around pick 28 my manager messaged me and said mate blues are interested at 32 with you and binsy jackson bins so was he sort of talking to them regularly through the night was he yeah yeah they called him oh good and um so he he got back straight to me and Lockie Kelly was sitting on my shoulder and we both just read it and just looked at each other because he's a massive Colton man too and we both just looked at each other and I just dropped the phone and we didn't say anything, just looked back at the TV and then Collingwood had 40 seconds left on the clock and we was waiting for pick 32 and we seen the trade go in and Colton's thing go up there and I was like, oh, there's no way that this is going to happen. And then <laughs> They were obviously worried that somebody else was going to pick you up before them to trade up with them. Yeah, I think they were worried that, um, that St Kilda would take me at 31. Yep. So, yeah, they traded up and uh, dream come true. Yep. So Nick sent you a text message, did he? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So obviously nobody else in the room knew except you and Lockie. Yeah. <laughs> you had to keep that a secret. Yeah. <laughs> and so how did you feel, mate, when your name got read out? Oh, I was, it was just a shock, like a nothing was sinking in like i remember the boys just jumped on top of me i just had my mouth wide open nothing was coming out like yeah it was amazing yeah it's a bit of a bit of an occupational hazard isn't it imagine someone gets drafted then they break a collarbone yeah. someone jumps on them on the couch yeah, that's 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 what a couple of recruiters were saying they're, they're surprised that i don't have any broken bones <laughs> there was a fair old pile on and then so you spoke to Fox Footy after that. Did somebody does somebody ring you and say Fox is going to talk to you in five minutes or do you just have to get to the telly really quick? Or uh, They they come through on the Zoom meeting and just say that we'll talk to you in about, we'll be with you in five minutes. So yep. just stick around. But no one else can obviously hear that. Yep. And so obviously the nerves of going into the night and then the relief of getting drafted, then you have to speak to Fox Footy, you know, and you're going right around the country. Were you nervous again or were you still just riding the emotion? I was just riding the emotion. I had that much <laughs> adrenaline. Like, yeah. Yeah, I was just riding the adrenaline. Yeah. No, well, you did well, mate, considering, you know, the people that you were talking to and that you were going right around the world. I remember I was watching it myself. It was quite funny because I'd read too that a few of the Sydney clubs were interested in you and I think um, 
I think Western Bulldogs were mentioned in that as well, but there was no mention of Carlton, and I just ducked out of the room when Carlton's pick had came up. Yeah. And I thought, oh, they're not they're not going to take him because obviously everyone in Devonport was watching specifically for you. I, I ducked out to do something. I come back and they're showing highlights of you playing for the Allies. I went, oh shit, I missed it, so I had to rewind <laughs> it back on Fox Footy. So yeah. after you after you got drafted, then you get a few phone calls, do you, from players or Michael Voss called you as well? Is that right? Yeah, I had Vossy called me. Cripper also called me. Yeah. Um, and then all the boys would flick through text yeah um and they couldn't believe it that they were i uh, had their number and stuff yeah um, yeah but yeah they just flick you through a text and say like it's such and like hey it's zach fisher um can't wait to have you at the club looking forward to meeting you yeah excellent yeah. and like i know for somebody that didn't go for that club you know someone like patty cripps and obviously michael voss you know they're heroes to people as well but for you it'd be even more so because you know, you back for this side. So, yeah. how did you go talking to him on the phone? Yeah, good. I was just shaking. Like. I was so <laughs> nervous. I went to my bedroom and like couldn't swallow. Like my mouth was that dry. But no, I got through it all right. I yeah. Think. Do you remember what they said to you? Were they just congratulating you, or was it sort of more with Vossi, like more what to expect for the next few days? Or uh, they just congratulate me and said they were looking forward to seeing me. And Cripper said, "Um, sink a few back tonight for me." <laughs> He didn't realise you hadn't turned 18 yet. Then. Yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and I'm sure you didn't have any that, that night, mate. We won't talk about that. Um, so after after that, obviously, it was a pretty whirlwind 24 hours. You were at the club the next day, weren't you? Yeah, I had to wake up at four. Bloody and, hell. And get down to the airport um, and then straight into the club and, and meet the boys. But Thursday I had a day off, so that was pretty good. And they flew my parents up to see me for my birthday which was really nice yeah and, awesome and got them up in a hotel yeah so what so they you got picked up by someone from carlton at the um airport and they took you straight to the club did they or, yeah 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 yep so how did that feel were there people there players there ready to meet you or? um so they were actually on the deck but i just had as soon as i um walked out i had the media taking videos and photos and making an, a bit of an entrance thing yep as i walked in and toured the club and then um met a couple of the rehab boys while well, the other boys were training and then sat down and, and had lunch with them. And then on Friday, I ended up going back to Walshie's and Paddy Dow's house and getting a smoothie with them and, and talking to them, watching a bit of TV with them. So yep. it, was, it still felt like a bit of a fanboy. But. I was going to say, you must still be you know on cloud nine, mate, sort of yeah. hanging around with these guys. I wonder at what point it'll become that they're just teammates. <laughs> yeah, it honestly, it does not feel like that at all. It does not feel like a job. You live in the dream, mate. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome to see. Um, so, you, so you from that first day you didn't actually train. Did you say the next day you had a day off and then you trained the next day? On a after Friday, that? Yeah. yeah, yep. So was it was that like a pretty full on session or was it just sort of rolling the legs over? Or? Um, oh, they manage your loads for the first yep um, couple of first couple of weeks, which is good. Otherwise, you'd be pretty burnt out. But um, yeah, they just manage your loads. Um, so I think I done about eight or nine K on on my first etch and, and they were they hit around eleven or twelve. Yep, yep. And were sort of a lot of the, the bigger name players back training yet, are they? Or? Yeah, most of them were back. There was only Zachy Williams that I didn't see that Friday, but he was there that Monday. Yep. Um like Cripper, Doc, Weeders, they were all they were all back training. Yep. Yep, and do they? You sound like you've you've already sort of started to, to develop a little bit, bit of a relationship with them. Do they have like an awe about them, or are they very approachable? They make sure that they approach the young fellas and make you feel comfortable. Or? Yeah, they're very approachable. Like, yep, I'm so glad it's with Carlton. Like they're such a good club, and sounds like you're heading in such a good good way too. Um, and yeah, all the boys. There's no 
there's no boys that I haven't gone much on. Like they're all they all come up and talk to you. Like it's like it's nothing. Yeah, they've been really good and mm. such a good football club. That's awesome. I think times have changed because I know you know going back you know in the eighties and stuff when you talk about all the old boys that got drafted and stuff, you went into a club and I don't think the senior players had talked to you until you got a game half the time. So. Yeah, <laughs> the world's definitely changed for the better, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it has. Yeah. So so you're home now then, mate. So you're back in January. You're going back over. Is that right? Yeah, around the fifth or sixth. I I head back over and look to look to move into my house and and do a bit of an induction for first year players yep excellent and so what's um you, you say with them um, with your house that you're moving into who who arranges that how does that work out um so carlton sort of just arrange a house and we just pay a bit of rent but i'm going in with jackson bins and Lockie o'brien yep Yep. So there's no um, like you don't have like a cleaner or someone that cooks for you or anything like that. You guys have pretty much got to yeah we got to learn all that. Yeah, we got to learn all that. Yeah. I think Obi's a, a good cook, so yep, should be right. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and he's been there a couple of years, hasn't he? So yeah, he's a little yes. bit older than you guys. Yeah. So he'll play the father figure for you. Yeah, I so. <laughs> That'll be important for your parents to know. How do they reckon you're going to go living on your own? Um, they reckon I'll go pretty good. Um, I think I just got to learn how to cook first and then i'll be right yeah no well, i could imagine how have they handled it all like how, how have they sort of spoken to you about it are they nervous are they um no nah, they're they're looking forward to seeing how i go but they're just wrapped that it's with carlton like they couldn't believe it either so, so they're carlton supporters as yeah, well. yeah. Carlton supporters. that's unreal I, I ask about your parents because i know i'd be nervous if my my daughter's the same age as you roughly I, i'd be nervous if she was moving to bloody Sprayton, let alone moving <laughs> to melbourne so yeah well like it it helps to know um it helps mum and dad to know that i'm with obviously a footy club and they they do a lot of like they take care of their players obviously pretty well um yeah so I don't think they're too worried. Yeah, and what's um what's the training plan for you then? So when are you back on the on the track again? I think it's around the ninth or tenth where you start training again. Yep. Then we've got a bit of a camp up at Malula Bar. Yeah, and then um start getting into match sim and stuff like that. Yeah, excellent. Is there anything that you've you've noticed sort of burn around the club? Obviously, you know they've got so many resources and stuff. Is is has it been like a bit of a shock? I know Devonport obviously have got some fantastic resources now too, but now you're going up to like the elite level. Has it been a bit of an eye opener? Oh, what you've got at your fingertips and stuff. Their facilities are like next level. It's I couldn't believe it. It's unreal in there. It's so good. And then yeah, also like how much goes into it, like. You have mindfulness sessions where you meditate and you have all these different sessions throughout the day, which I didn't think go into a football club, but that's one of the biggest shocks. Yep. If KB's listening, he might have to bring a yoga instructor or someone yes. down to Devonport. <laughs> Pilates, I should. <laughs> they're at the top of the tree, tree at the moment anyway, so people are probably copying what they're doing. <laughs> Um, so we, we've touched on your mates, mate, and like I said to you, like um, it always gets out who's coming on the pod. So you know, a couple of these guys have sent a few stories through to me, which I know that um, you're going to be very excited about. Um, one of them said to ask you, obviously moving over to Melbourne, um, are you going to purchase a car or are you planning on riding a bike around? Because apparently if there's parked cars on the side of the road, you and a bike's not going to be a really good combination because apparently you ran into one once. Yes, I, I won't take um, full credit for um, hitting that. I, I got um, sort of veered off the road into the parked car. So what happened? You was having a race or something, apparently? Yeah, we used to do a lot of bike races. Yeah. Um, just up and down the street, start at the end of the street and fly, fly up the street. And there was just a parked, I think it was a bright green car parked on the side of the road. <laughs> I, I don't know why, I just wasn't looking and just started veering off and flipped onto the car and... 
that's that's that and (laughs) and just got got a bit of shit throughout the years running into a parked car i reckon you didn't break any bones or anything or damage the car at all no i don't i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) you probably just got back on your bike and kept going did you yeah well there goes your promising cycling career (laughs) throwing that out um another one that came through mate said um apparently you have a bit of trouble with um urinals at footy clubs <laughs> now I don't know they didn't elaborate I don't know whether or not this is a story that you do want to tell you're free to tell it if you want to but apparently you also developed a nickname out of it oh, I don't know what they're talking about <laughs> I got no idea um yeah and the only other one that they wanted to say was yeah apparently they they take full credit for you getting drafted because apparently they molded you into the player that you are at the Don Oval all those years back in the day yeah I'll, I'll give them that they, they can have that one <laughs> they can have that one and what are what are your goals in for 2023? Obviously, breaking into the senior side would be um, a big one for you. Have you have you sort of thought about when you'd like to do that, or are there any other goals, or have you written down anything that your objectives are for next season? I'd, I'd obviously like to be in there around one. That's that's my goal. Like yep. I, don't, I don't want to tell people that, or or, or have now. No one listens to this, mate. For <laughs> <all>. <laughs> like I don't want that to be like a thing that I'm walking around the club saying, "Oh, I want to play round one," but. Like I know within myself, like that's where I want to be. Um, yep. But like um, I know it's going to be very, very tough, and I'm going to have to work hard to do it. Yeah. That's that's where I want to be. Yeah. Um, and then also build relationships with my teammates. Yeah. Um, and as far as um, footy numbers and things like that, like I'm a big number nuffy. Um, you've just been given the number twenty six for Carlton. Do you know David Reese Jones? Have you ever heard of him before? Yeah, he presented me my Guernsey. Wow, which was good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, because it's got a fair bit of history. That that number. He's a Norm Smith medalist. Do you? Do you sort of know much about him or about his career at all? Or did he sort of speak to you about that? Yeah, he did a little bit. He said he, he wasn't a stranger to the tribunal. Um, <laughs> he's been there a couple of times. But you might be a bit of a different player. You're yeah. not, not fiery, a eh, on the field? Or? Nah, not really. I'm pretty quiet. Um, yeah, I'm pretty quiet on the field. I can't imagine that I'll be visiting the tribunal yeah. too much. But he said that he had a few visits there? Yeah, he said he had a fair bit. It was like he was there for... 20 something times but he also went as the victim 17 times yeah yeah Yeah, that's right there's a bit of payback there as well do you i was going to ask you about your numbers and stuff do you have any input into that or do they offer you a couple of different ones or they just say here's your number yeah it sort of goes in draft order like black acres took 13 because he was he came to the club and then ollie got 14 being pick 11 then i got 26 being pick 30 and then um the other boys just went 31 32 yeah do you think you'll stick with 26 or you work your way up over time yeah i don't know it it, it depends um depends depends what happens next year and yeah. who's at the club well there's an old saying mate it's about what's on the front of the jumper not the back of it yeah, that's so right. <laughs> you don't look at your own number very often <laughs> that's you? right yeah mate that's pretty much all i've got to to drill you with for today but um you know obviously as i say you know everyone in devonport is very very proud of you i know you know me and my kids we were glued to the telly for a couple of days you know just basically for you and i know people that um that i'd spoken to on the mainland and stuff you know there was a lot of people from this area that, that were particularly um interested in that for you so congratulations on what you've done mate and i think one of the best things about your story is it does um with the podcast we're about giving people hope and i think it does give people a lot of hope particularly seeing so many Tassie boys go this year I think there was four or five was it yeah four yeah four yeah so I think yeah it does give people hope you know if there's a young fella out there that's listening to it that you know you'll be an inspiration for them that that it can be done from here because I know you know a lot of the time people get a little bit down on footy in Tasmania and that sort of stuff but we've had a really good draft year this year so 
hopefully things are are on the up now. So, like I said to you, mate, hopefully, um, yeah, in a few years' time, if you're in the AFL system and you become massive there, you'll be good enough to come back on one day when you're home. For always, yeah, <laughs> that's good, mate. I'll hold you to that. All the best with your with your career moving forward, mate. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It was good fun sitting down having a chat to Lockie about his journey. I really appreciate him coming in. Um, as I said to him, I reckon everyone wants a bit of a piece of him at the moment. He's pretty hot property. So, um, yeah, hopefully put a bit of that uh, media training that Carlton have put him through to good use uh, on the Talk Hard podcast. And like he said, he's uh, always going to have time to come back and chat to us again. I'm going to hold him to that. Um, like I said, any young people or anyone out there that's uh, interested in football or anyone out there that um, want to know the steps that you need to take to achieve your goals, I hope that you got something out of it as well. And uh, we certainly wish Lockie all the best in his career and uh, yeah look forward to him uh, receiving a premiership medal as a, as a premiership player for the mighty Carlton Footy Club.